Flamengo. Little Flamengo, start off episode 54, man. We made it back, you know what I'm saying? Hang on, let me get this mic straight, spin a bit, you know what I mean? Get readjusted, eh? But yeah, I know I told you guys that your boy had to take it out to Spain, man. This is now officially an international podcast, you understand? I did not do any voice memos like I said I might. <laughs> I was way too busy doing other shit, you know what I mean? Living my life, experiencing Barcelona, Barça, with a T-H, alright? Barcelona. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. Told you guys I went out to Barcelona. I literally just got back yesterday. I'm still pretty fucking jet lagged. Can't even lie, that time change. I mean, if I would have slept on the plane, I think it would have been alright, but... So yeah, man. I'm gonna give you the run through, alright? I might need to pull up my fucking photos and videos on my phone just to jog my memory as to what we were doing each day. Because it was a lot. Information overload. You heard... But yeah, first things first, man. Welcome back to the K Motherfucking Podcast. Episode 54. Pleasure to have you back, E. You know what I mean? I'm happy to be back. Back in the States. Back home. Made it safely. You know what I mean? But, uh... Yeah, man. So I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna give you the lowdown, alright? So I left here. I left Orlando... Last Thursday, a week ago today, flew out of Orlando to Miami, connecting flight from Miami to Barcelona, right? So on the flight out, (laughs) oh man, I land in Miami, I gotta run, literally there was an hour between my flights I think, and the flight coming from Orlando to Miami was a little bit delayed. So when we landed, I think the flight from Miami left around like 6 p.m. And we didn't land from Orlando till about 4, excuse me, 5.15, close to 5.30. So literally as soon as we, as soon as we all get off the plane from Orlando, I'm running or... Super speed walking, Olympic style. <laughs> Super speed walking through the terminal to get to my other shit. I was one of the last people to board the flight, but I made the flight, obviously, which was good. So I sit down. We got the... I, this is my first international flight, you know what I mean? So I didn't know what to expect. I walk in, and you see the first class little... It's literally a mini cabin, like the smallest apartment you've ever seen. So I was just like, oh shit, this is about to be fucking lit. But, you know, turns out I wasn't first class. (laughs) But um, the seat that I was in was still pretty legit. We were, like, right behind first class. So we were, like, middle class, I guess. I don't know what the fuck they call that shit. But it was basically two seats, an aisle, then, like, five seats, an aisle, and then two more seats. So I'm all the looking forward on the plane. I'm on the right-hand side of the plane aisle seat. But of the two seats squished up against the window, right? So it's me and this lady, Tina. Shouts to my girl, Tina, man. It's me and this lady, Tina, from Oklahoma. Uh, You know, we get to talking about whatever and just family life and regular shit. And she's telling me she's, she's going out to meet her friend. She has a married couple, group of friends that's already out there, and her and a bunch of her friends are 
are currently flying to go meet with them, right? So I'm like, oh, that's cool, you know. I guess they were, like, gonna take a cruise through the Mediterranean and whatnot. But we get to talking and shit, and this lady more or less ends up telling me that she has some edibles. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Dope, you know what I mean? Like, that would be perfect, because, you know, we're all trying to sleep on this plane and blah, blah, blah. Long story short, she pulls out a fucking, like, grocery grocery bag full of fucking not like a gro- like a plastic Publix bag but like the shit you see in the grocery store the big old bag of candy pulls out one of those things filled with edibles to the brim oh yeah yes 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 <laughs> so i'm like tina my motherfucking dog i don't even ask she just starts offering me edibles like yo i got all Literally, I mean, it had to be 50 to 100 edibles. She took the candy and, you know, ate them or threw them away or whatever and just rewrapped the edibles in the packaging so it looked like regular-ass candy. So she had 50 to 100 of these things. I guess she had, like, these muscle relaxer pills that she was taking to to sleep or whatever. You know, I don't really partake in that shit. But she came prepared. That's all I'm going to say. I was also shocked that she was able to get that shit through customs, you know, but, hey. That's another story. I guess it's medicinal in Oklahoma, she was telling me, and she has her card, so either way. So she feeds me edibles, you know, not, (laughs) let me rephrase that. She didn't feed me like a baby bird. (laughs) She's providing me basically as many edibles as I want, you know what I mean? Because she's a nice lady, you know, we're having a good conversation, whatever, kind of just whatever. So I end up eating three edibles and pass out for like five hours on this flight. Because it's a eight and a half to nine hour flight from Miami to Barcelona, right? Which is a long fucking flight. It's the longest flight I've ever taken in my life. Prior to that was to California to see uh, Pat and Keiko out in San Fran, you know what I mean? But, and that was like six hours, I think. So this was, yeah, the longest flight I ever took in my life. But my girl Tina had my motherfucking back. Had three edibles on the plane, passed the fuck out for five hours, which was beautiful. Like, deep sleep, you know what I mean? Had my chill playlist on, which is fucking grooving. I literally wake up to the stewardess, you know, pushing the breakfast cart up, basically trying to wake people up, getting ready to to land, you know? We still had like an hour, but still. So then I got some free breakfast, you know what I mean? Chopped it up with her a little bit more, and then we land. And she gave, I told her I was meeting my brother and like what we were, what we were going to be doing, you know what I mean? Going on all these tours and shit for the next like five, six days. So she's like, oh, here, take, take, take some more. You know what I mean? Literally gave me six more edibles. Um, and then, you know, just fucking gave her a hug. I was like, it was so nice to fucking meet you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I appreciate it. You don't even know. So shout to Tina, man. I hope she had fun out there with her friends. Um, yeah, man, she was telling me about her kids and just had a grandkid, man. Like, it's just, I don't know, it was good to, sometimes it's good to just chop it up with a stranger like that. You know what I mean? We didn't even, like, it's not like I'm going to stay in touch with her ever, but we knew that we were going to be stuck together for the next eight, nine hours. So we might as well chop it up, you know what I mean? Have some friendly conversation. Um, and, you know, that's what exactly what we did. <laughs> and sometimes you end up with free edibles. I don't fucking know, man. But, yeah. So that was a game changer, man. Shout out to Tina once again. 
But so I, like I said, we left Thursday night and I landed in Barcelona. Barcelona time, it was Friday morning about 9 a.m. All right. So I land in Barcelona and this is when the journey really fucking begins. You know what I mean? But it already started off so great, so how can it go wrong? <laughs> but so I get to Barcelona Airport, get through, um, you know, COVID tests and all that shit. And I'm going to meet my brother. He's already there. He's been in Spain for like a month. So I'm going to meet up with him. So I call a ride. They have this thing, basically like Uber, called Cabify. So I call this car, dude. And they show up, doesn't speak any English, which, you know, I can understand what they're saying for the most part. Like, I think I've said on here, I'm not fluent in Spanish, but I can get by okay, you know. And uh, dude shows up, but it turns out I'm, the Ubers and all the rideshare stuff, they go to the very top floor, right? And I'm on, I exit the airport and I'm on the bottom floor where the buses and the public transportation's at because that's where most people are going. I'm kind of just following them. And on the inside of the airport, it, there weren't um, there weren't a whole lot of signs telling you where the rideshare stuff was, Ubers and Cabify and all that shit. So, you know, me, that's my first time being there. You know what I'm saying? Like me not being a local, I didn't fucking know. So I'm... Basically, long story short, I'm on the phone through this app talking to this dude, trying to figure out where he is, and he keeps saying arriba, which I know means like up, you know what I mean? So I know I need to go upstairs because I told him I'm on the first floor, but lo and behold, I had to go back inside the airport, you know what I mean? The only stairs that I'm seeing are for like the parking garage that look like they go up to the top floor where, I, where, where the dude said he was at. But finally, I figure out that I have to go back inside the airport um, and then go up through there. to. So, long story short, I missed the first ride. Dude literally waited for an hour. Like, I'm drenched in sweat, lugging my bags back and forth, trying to fucking find this dude. Because the map is telling me that I'm right next to him, you know what I mean? But he's literally on the third floor and I'm on the first floor. I'm like, I'm basically right below him. You know what I'm saying? But it doesn't give you depth and elevation on this fucking app. So I was driving myself crazy for about an hour. You know what I'm saying? He left. They charged me, which, hey, I, I can't even be mad at that. Like, it was 100% my fault. So once I figure it out, I'm on the third floor. You know, I realize that dude left. I just call another cab. Literally, dude's there within five minutes. Boom, get in, no issue. So, like, had I known where to go, it would have been fine. But either way. Made it out of there, met up with my brother, um, we got to our little Airbnb and shit, you know what I mean? And then we just kind of started walking around the town, figuring shit out. The first thing that we did, I think, I mean, we walked around quite a bit, just sightseeing, you know what I mean? Checking out just the vibe of the city. But the first thing that we did was we went to this music museum. I should have taken a photo of the title of the museums and everything like that, but I didn't, and sorry to those museums, but hey, man, we enjoyed them. <laughs> we went to this music museum. It was dope. Just had, like, a bunch of historical instruments, you know, history of different types of music and kind of how they came to be created and all that. 
Got a nice fancy dinner. Got some steak tartare made table side, you know what I mean? That was fucking dope. And then the next day, woke up and got an acai bowl, super fire. Uh, <laughs> just have to throw that in there, you know what I mean? But yeah, got some breakfast. We ended up going to this cannabis museum, which was super dope, no pun intended. It was essentially about, you know, the history of cannabis, how it's been used, how mankind has used this shit for centuries and centuries, you know, different uses. Uh, they had like a bunch of historical artifacts in there, fucking old hemp mills and um, all sorts of shit, man. Like the biggest fucking pipe. I don't know if it was the biggest pipe in the world, but this shit was like 50 plus pounds made of complete uh, metal. I don't know, bro. It was super dope. It was definitely more focused on the hemp side of cannabis, which I appreciated, you know, because it kind of shows, I hate to say it, but the industrial use of the plant. You know, they were explaining how they literally used to use hemp, you know, for rope, clothing. Um, they would use hemp oil, like in food and their lamps and all sorts of shit. But also they would use it in shipbuilding. They'd make these wooden ships, and I always kind of wonder this, and I just never really thought to look for an answer, but, like, it's a wooden ship. We all know that wood warps with water and everything, you know? So, like, how are these ships able to fucking stay afloat after all these years? Basically, they would use hemp almost as, like, a— they would make this, like, paste or putty to fill in the gaps between the wood on the ships, and it was used for, like, in industrial purposes, more or less. I don't know. It was super interesting, man. A lot of shit that I didn't know, um, like I said, about the hemp side of the cannabis plant, because it's the same family, but you don't smoke hemp. People smoke cannabis for medicinal or therapeutic reasons, but hemp is more of, like, the functional use of it. It was, I don't know, it was it was really, really interesting. They also did, obviously, talk about the smoke-slash-spiritual side, you know, how important it is in music. Had, like, a Louis Armstrong exhibit. Had all these old, uh, I, you know, it was so much information. I can't even remember everybody or, and everything that we saw, but it was, uh, it was awesome, man. So we're in there, you know what I mean, just vibing out, and... One of the exhibits mentions Barcelona's Cannabis Social Clubs, right? So we're like, okay, you know, finish the tour. And then we're talking to the receptionist on our way out. We're like, hey, you know, we just happened to hear about these Cannabis Social Clubs, you know, like what's the deal with that? And she points us in the right direction. So we end up getting into this Cannabis Social Club in Barcelona. We had to buy a little, like, 20-euro membership, which is good for a year, which is fucking insane compared to America, even for the medical shit, to get your card. I mean, it's hundreds and hundreds of dollars, and they tax you out the ass, you know? But two Americans, two fucking gringos walked into this shit in this cannabis club, got a little membership, 20 euros, and then you're just free to smoke there. Not only that, they sell you the bud, and then they did they have communal papers grinder like the the hospitality of europe i will say was fucking beautiful you know what i mean like and i'm not even just talking about this place that was just an example like they literally just you know hey you know you know you need a grinder you need a fucking whatever 
giving you whatever you want. We just rolled up this little joint, and it was just dope, man. You know what I mean? Got nice and right. Went and fucking toured the cathedral right by our place, the Cathedral of Barcelona. Super beautiful. Got a nice little roof, rooftop view from there. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I think we had tapas every single day. Had some dinner after that, you know. Then the third day, so what? That was Saturday. Then Sunday, I believe. Oh, no, this was the same day? Oh, shit. Wow. That's what I'm saying. This shit blended together so much, dude. It's nuts. So after the cathedral, we went to MACBA. It's a contemporary art museum in Barcelona, also a famous skate spot. We went out there, you know, took the metro to get out there. There's mad people skating out front, which I thought was dope, you know, and then went inside, had a bunch of different art, which is also dope, obviously. Fucking art museum, what do you expect? <laughs> After MACBA, I think... Damn, we... I'm I'm looking through my photos and videos, just like I said, to remind me of what we did. And we really did so fucking much. So after Magba, we got some dinner, and then we went to this famous skate bar called Nevermind. Literally, it's in English called Nevermind. But it's a skate bar because I guess a bunch of skaters go there, you know what I mean? There's... It's like a skate slash grunge bar is what they said. But, you know, graffiti all over the walls. They had skate videos playing on the TVs. And then literally in the back of the bar by the fucking bathrooms, they have a bowl that you can skate. You know what I mean? People were sitting back there drinking. But I think, I don't know if it's open during the day and you can skate there, what the deal is. But I just thought that was super dope. So we went there, I believe. Yeah, ended the night there. And then, so that was Saturday. On Sunday, Sunday was the day, man. Let me fucking tell you. Sunday was El Dia de Gaudí. You might have heard of the famous, historic Catalan architect, Antoni Gaudí. All the videos and stuff that I was seeing before the trip were saying to check out his shit no matter what, you know what I mean? So we made sure to do that. Uh, so Sunday, we started off at Parkwell, which is a collaboration between Gaudi and this dude, last name Gwell, G-W-E-L-L. But they, it's just big nature park with, you know, crazy architecture in it. I will honestly say, until this trip and until specifically Sunday, I never understood how people would say, oh, like, I saw this building and it changed my life. Like, the architecture could impact someone so significantly until I saw all of this shit, all this gaudy architecture. So we started off at Park Guell. It's basically a nature walk, a bunch of, you know, very uh, nature-themed outdoor architecture. All that was cool. Got a nice view of the city from Park Guell. Then we walked, I don't remember how far the park was from our place, but it was pretty far. So we essentially just strolled back, and on the way, we hit all the different Gaudi buildings. So I think the first one that we saw, we left out of Park Guell. The first house that we stumbled upon was Casa Vicens. Uh, we went and toured that one. It's a beautiful house. It's basically built with its back to the street, so it built the whole front yard out. 
super nice you know what i mean the next one we went to we walked a little more and went to casa mila which is kind of like this beige almost a desert looking building and allegedly there's there's these four statues on the roof and each one stands for one of the elements fire water wind and earth and allegedly george lucas got the influence for the stormtroopers from one of these figurines on top of the building so i thought that was kind of interesting you know what i mean like art impacting uh entertainment you know which is also a form of art more or less and just you know i don't know i just thought that was super dope so we toured casamila shit was fucking beautiful obviously the last one that we toured was casa Bacio, b a T L L O with an accent. <laughs> Accented O. I mean, but yeah, the last one was Casa Batio. Um, obviously, beautiful as fuck. They were all beautiful in their own way, but just very, very environmentally driven. Like everything was made out of wood or designed to look like the environment. I guess he didn't really use straight lines because. He said straight lines don't exist in nature. At least in the in Casa Mila specifically. And then Casa Batio also. Casa Vicens did have a little bit of straight lines. I don't remember. Oh wait, it has the years right here. Casa Vicens was eighteen eighty three to eighteen eighty five. Casa Mila was nineteen oh six to nineteen twelve. And then Casa Batio was nineteen oh four to nineteen oh six. Okay. But so while we're touring each one of these buildings, they each had like their own little audio guide that would kind of tell you what was going on in each room, what different pieces meant and stuff. It would play like dr this dramatic music to add effect, you know, to the tour, which I appreciated. But just to the point of him, you know being so influenced by nature there were two direct quotes from him that they included in i think two separate tours but i wrote both of them down because i just thought that they were both super dope so two direct quotes from Antoni gaudi he says a good open book that one must always read is that of nature i thought that was super dope and then the second one was the purpose of art is not to emulate nature, but to express it. You know what I'm saying? Just, this guy seems like he's he got his head in the right place, man. You know what I mean? Seems like a guy I fuck with. So, Gaudi, rest in peace. I fuck with you, dog. <laughs> and then there was another one that we walked by, Casa Calvet. We didn't tour that one. I don't even know if you could tour it. I think that was one of the early ones before it before the style his style started getting like real trippy but it was still you know still dope and then i believe we ended the night having dinner on the beach because it was a long day touring all that shit you know what i mean we just went i think we took a little nap honestly went and took a nap <laughs> and then got dinner at um this restaurant agua that was right on the right on the beach so i got to enjoy you know some real Spanish paella. Nice little vibe out there. So that was Sunday. Monday, we toured 
Sagrada Familia, which was the basically the mecca of Gaudi's fucking buildings. It's like a super church, the biggest, the biggest church I've ever seen. Every time we were elevated up on the mountain or whatever and had a view of the city, like that was one of the biggest things that always popped out was Sagrada Familia. So we went and checked that out inside and outside. Absolutely beautiful. Just fucking so detailed, so on such a large scale too. Like it was just unreal. Another one of those things where just staring at that shit will just change change your appreciation for you know craftsmanship and just architecture and just i mean just art honestly it was just fucking nuts so we toured that monday morning because we had to get our covid test too to come back in the u.s we had to prove that we were negative of covid19 so we woke up early and got our covid test then immediately after went to sagrada familia and I, I, we each ate one of those edibles that fucking my girl Tina gave me, right? And we're touring this church. And the way that the light was coming in, the stained glass windows, was just fucking blowing my mind. I don't know if it was the edible or if it was literally just that beautiful. But it was. I felt like it was overpowering almost. It was The color was just punching me in the face. And I'm colorblind too. So it was just, it was something else, man. But after that, we went out to the beach and just kind of hung out all day we had lunch on the beach again let me just say the beach is fucking beautiful out there man i had obviously never seen the mediterranean before so i made it a point you know my brother had been out in spain doing his thing so you know he didn't really seem too interested in going so i kind of had to be like yo bro let's just go you know Take a dip, man. It's fucking Mediterranean, you know what I mean? Let me experience that, man. But um, the beach was beautiful, dude. It was a little different. You know, I'm used to Florida sandy beaches. It's kind of like rocky. It would drop off pretty steep into the water, and it was pretty rocky entering the water. But once you got in, it was super clear. I could literally see fish swimming all around me when I was in the water, which was awesome. I would just fucking, you know, float on top of the water and just... Just taking it all in, man. Fucking view of the mountains, floating in the Mediterranean, you know what I'm saying? Sun glistening on my skin, man, you know what I mean? Come back, bronze fucking god, I <laughs> But I also will say, um, obviously there's nude beaches over there in Europe. We didn't go to any nude beaches. We just went to the regular beach that was closest to us, you know what I mean, to save time and everything. And lo and behold, there's still mad nude people there, guys and girls. <laughs> so I was telling someone the other day, the fully nude people were always the older people. Like there was this old fucking guy whose ass was literally as tan as his face, bro. It looked like a fucking leather wallet. This motherfucker had to be out there every single day of his life. You know what I mean? Had Didn't know what a tan line was, probably, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then we saw this old lady too when we were washing off our feet going to get something to eat this old lady walked up to the showers butt ass naked <laughs> that shit was hilarious man but yeah definitely a bunch of dudes hanging dong some younger chicks with just their tops off you know what i mean just living the european way bro and this is all with like kids around you know what i'm saying that's just i guess everyday shit over there you know so we had to embrace the culture man I didn't get naked. My brother didn't either. <laughs> I considered it for a second. I'm not even going to lie just to say I did it type shit. But 
My tan lines are so bad, dude. My fucking ass is as white as these piano keys in front of me right now, but I can't be doing that shit. But, um, yeah, man, it was a good time. Beautiful Mediterranean beaches. Just wanted to fucking lay that out there. Yeah, I'm saying. So we finished that up and then just got some cigars because we were planning a hike on Tuesday. So we kind of wanted to rest up and, you know, save our energy for the hike. So then Tuesday, we wake up, we take a metro like halfway up the mountain to the starting point in this hike. And I don't remember, I didn't like track how far we went or anything, but it was up in this little town called Tibidado at the tip of the mountain or one of the mountains around Barcelona. And we went up there, hiked up to at the, at the peak of this mountain. It's a giant church and an amusement park. So there's this like big ass Ferris wheel as well. So we hiked up. I mean, damn, I wish I knew how far it was. I could look it up right now, I guess. Let me see. Let me see if I can find the show on Google real quick. <clears throat> so, this thing on the internet is calling Tibidado a hill. It's the biggest hill in the Barcelona area. It's not a mountain, I guess. But it says that the length of the trail is 5.3 miles, and we did it up and back down. So, going up. You know, it was dope. Every time we reached a new milestone, it would, we'd look back and check out the crazy view. And then the church, obviously, the view from the top was fucking super dope as well. But on the way, we, we thought we might be able to catch a train from the top back down to the city. But we ended up hiking back down. And, you know, we're pretty fucking tired. Like, we're hiking up this mountain all day and all this shit. So on the way back down, there's... It's a pretty well-maintained path, like flat enough that, or smooth enough, let me say, smooth enough that like a car could drive on it. They had bikers going on it and all that shit, but we were getting pretty tired. It kind of snaked around, so we were we saw this little shoot-off to the side, right, where it looks like people had people or whether on foot or on a bike, had kind of gone down to the side and paved their own little path to, uh, you know, as a shortcut, I guess. And we went off that way, man, and let me just tell you, it's not a good idea. <laughs> Especially when you're in another country, you don't know where the fuck you're at. We went down there thinking it was a man-made path for quite some time because it seemed like it, but eventually it it dawned on us that it definitely was not. <laughs> so we kind of got lost out there in the woods for a little bit, which was a little sketchy. You know what I mean? We're on a steep incline. Um, we're literally like hanging on the roots and shit while we're walking. But long story short, we got we, we found our way back. We were near some telephone lines, like the overhead power lines on the big towers that they have going through transmission right-of-ways basically. Luckily, we were near one of those, so I was like, let's follow this thing. You know, it's a man-made structure. It's going to lead back to where we need to go, and it sort of did. It leaned, it led us to, like, a utility workers' compound, this fenced-in area with all this gravel and shit. It led us to that, which then led us to, along the fence, there was a weed-whacked, cleared path that led back up to the original trail that we were on. 
thankfully. So we fucking, you know, had to fucking book it uphill again to get back to the trail going downhill. And it was, it was a whole thing, man. But we made it out alive, you know what I'm saying? Learned a lesson the hard way. <laughs> but, because, uh, I mean, we could have just turned back around and got out. But honestly, it was so steep and it was like filled with jagged rocks and shit. It just didn't seem ideal, but luckily we we found our way out of there. Thank God for phones, too, and GPS and all that shit. But, you know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to learn the hard way, man. But um, after the hike, we ended up not sneaking in, but sort of sneaking into... They had a hotel, the W, right on the beach that we saw the day before. And my brother wanted to go eat lunch by the pool and shit and whatever. We get up there, and what they failed to tell him the day before was it was 65 bucks per person to get a, uh, you know, get like a little cabana and whatever, whatever. So we're like, okay, fuck that. We end up just getting a table, kind of had to finesse a table just to order lunch. They said, you don't have to pay as long as you don't get in the pool. <laughs> we're just like, all right, whatever, get the fuck out of here. Ate some lunch, had a beer too, you know what I mean, just to kind of like celebrate the hike that we just completed fucking tired as hell chilled out on the beach for a little bit and then at night we went and grabbed a bite and um played some pool and shit with some of his friends and you know dead exhausted man passed out fucking woke up wednesday for the flight the flight coming back was a lot less smooth than it was going in just because the seat wasn't as comfortable. I flew American on the way up and United on the way back. So the seat wasn't quite as comfortable. Um, luckily, the person I was sitting with was cool again. So that kind of helps you just get by. But also, we flew into, instead of Orlando to Miami on the way, like I did on the way out, I flew into Newark, New Jersey, EWR, one of my least favorite airports. EWR and Fort Lauderdale, I feel like, are the worst fucking airports. But had all sorts of fucking holdups and delays. And luckily, I had like two, two and a half hours between my flights. But honestly, with all the delays and quote-unquote broken machines and shit that they were saying, it I, I made it like just on time for the flight, honestly, just to change terminals. So... Made the flight back down here and finally made it back to Orlando last night, man. And I'm still fucking tired, jet lagged, but, you know, it was worth it. I'd go back again for sure. Barcelona's definitely my kind of city, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I'd be lying if I said your boy wasn't tired. (laughs) I just needed to get all this out of my brain, you know what I mean, before I started forgetting shit, because it's fresh now, and it was just, like, information overload, I don't know how, how well I'm gonna retain all that, (laughs) because it was just so much, man, but, you already know, man, now back to your regularly scheduled programming, you know what I mean, Episode 54 of the K-Podcast. We'll go ahead and kick off our little segments with some new music. Got my motherfucking man, Skepta. I don't know if we've talked about Skepta on here before. Grime artist from the UK. They have their own kind of hip-hop scene over there called Grime. And this gentleman is one of 
probably one of the more popular acts, at least that I'm aware of. So he just put out a new project called All In, and I'm going to play this song Nirvana with him and the reggaeton finam, J Balbin. <laughs> this song is called Nirvana off Skepta's new project. You were... She walk in the Prada Como te llamas? Don Julio and Marijuana I'm trying to take you to your Nirvana What's the occasion? Every day's a celebration When you come from the Gaza Don't worry about who's gonna pay the bill Baby, de nada I like the way she walk in the Prada Como te llamas? Don Julio and Marijuana I'm trying to take you to your Nirvana What's the occasion? Every day's a celebration When you come from the Gaza Don't worry about who's gonna pay the bill Baby, de nada Every day's my birthday, I need a piece of cake Mama see her looking like a figure eight I see the hook, I still bit the bait Good pussy keeping me awake Got them big racks, make the milkshake And I don't discriminate Boy, if she's a snack, that's a dinner date She knows that I'm the suave acito I don't care about the fame, this life is a game And I got a cheat code I play in grease mode Jump in the rollie, got the wheel spinning Like I'm in a casino Back to the crib, I'ma shoot a movie, I'm on my Tarantino Grip on your waist, look in your eyes and I kiss on your face Tell me how you feel, your secrets are safe Told her about the pain and she can relate Let's turn up the heat, break the ice uh, She wants to stay the night Supposed to leave the city in the morning Looking like I gotta change the flight I like the way she walk in the Prada Como te llamas? Don Julio and Marijuana I'm trying to take you to your Nirvana What's the occasion? Every day's a celebration When you come from the Gaza don't worry about who's gonna pay the bill. Don't Julio and Marijuana. I'm trying to take you to your Nirvana. What's the occasion? Every day's a celebration. When you come from the Gaza, don't worry about who's gonna pay the bill. Baby, the Cuál es tu nombre? Dime, dímelo. Que pa' conocerte vine. Te vi tan sola que no me aguanté. Por eso yo intervine. Vamos a hacerlo real. No hace falta que te lo imagine. Dime, mami, quieres que te vaya. Pero calladita porque no hay que dar detalles. Tú te haces la fina, pero tienes calle. De aquí no me voy sin que con un beso me calle, calle. Dale, dime, mami, quieres que te vaya. Pero calladita porque no hay que dar detalles. Tú te haces la fina, pero tienes calle. De aquí no me voy sin que con un beso me calle, calle. Yeah. I like the way she walk in the Prada. Como te llamas? Don Julio and Marijuana. I'm trying to take you to your Nirvana. What's the occasion? When you come from the Gaza. That's that young Skeppy and J Balbi, man. Nirvana. Up next for new music, we got TDE's very own Isaiah Rashad put out a new album. Album. Ain't no H and A. New album called The House is Burning. And this is Claymore featuring Smino. Exercise a bit, keep it one 
Clay Moore featuring Smino off the new album. I'm not going to lie, I haven't heard the whole album yet, but from what I heard so far, shit sounded pretty nice, man. Go get that. Also, we got the motherfucking godson himself. Yeah, you know I mean, Nasir just dropped King's Disease 2. You feel me? I know, I don't even remember when King's Disease dropped, but it was not that long ago. Um, was it even, it, might, it was definitely 2020, if not 2021. Let's see real quick. Oh yeah, 2020. So last year he dropped King's Disease, and now he's got the new album, King's Disease 2. So I'm going to go ahead and play Nobody off the new album featuring Lauren Hill, because, you know, she's kind of one of those... Once in a blue moon artist, you don't hear much from her, but she's a fucking legend. You understand what I'm saying? So this is off King's Disease 2, Nas and Lauren Hill, Nobody. One city, one country, one state. Some place to be nobody. Some place to be. Some place you wouldn't know, probably. Yeah. Yeah. If Chappelle moved to Ghana to find his peace, then I'm rolling where the service always roaming. I'm packing my bags and going. It's a challenging act. It's a balancing act. Visit beautiful places. It's more out here than the trap. 
houses in Long Island, they always found him. House in the South, a nigga barely got out. Sunny LA, remember calls with Dr. Dre. He told me, don't let the palm trees fool you, nigga, be safe. Me and my higher self, we often would speak. Somehow we lost the connection, might meet a Joshua tree. And it's been bothering me. Too many wavy women, gotta log out of IG. Can't be my ace DMing, no kidding. It's hard to move like a civilian. I write the truth cause I live it. Not like you musical niggas, we did it big and they biggest. They rather shoot than write tickets. What it feel like to go get it? What it feel like to go miss it? In one city, one country, one state. Some place to be nobody. Some place to be. Some place you wouldn't know probably. Some place to be nobody. said let's go to Paris that's where baguettes are from French bread that's long and narrow I like the other definition rectangular carrots the concept of the song is rather esoteric this girl said in Grenada we should go get married broke the meaning down of the Virgin Mary and you got your own place my favorite part of the night when you text me that you made it home safe uh-huh. I'm contemplating at the home base how I'm used to breakfast in the ghetto sipping OJ that's a picture right there a moment in time before anybody wanted a photo of mine Before the internet energy and social decline Destroyed the vibe, fooling us with the headlines Keeping us blind Vultures eat you alive Take heed to the signs Wishing I find One city, one country, one state Some place to be nobody Some place to be Some place you wouldn't know probably Some place to be nobody All my time has been focused on my freedom now. Why would I join them when I know that I can beat them now? They put their words on me, and they can eat them now. That's probably why they keep on telling me I'm needed now. They tried to box me out while taking what they want from me. I spent too many years living too uncomfortably. Making room for people who didn't like the labor, but wanted the spoils, greedy, selfish behavior. Now let me give it to you, balanced and with clarity. I don't need to turn myself into a parody. I don't, I don't do the shit you do for popularity. They clearly didn't understand when I said I get out, apparently. My awareness like Keanu in the Matrix. I'm saving souls and y'all complain about my lateness. Now it's illegal for someone to walk in greatness. They want the same, they want the same, but they don't take risks. Now the world will get to see its own reflection. And the anointed can pursue their own direction. And if you're wrong and you're too proud to hear correction, walk into the hole you dug yourself, fuck a projection. See me in my freedom taking all my land back. They said a lot against me thinking I just stand back. I got my legs beneath me, I got my hands back. A lot of people sabotaged, they couldn't stand that. I turned the other cheek, I took blow after blow. There's so much crisis in the world cause you reap what you sow. When you keep what you know is meant for someone else. Did you dig for them? You might just end up in yourself. I'm in the secret place. I keep a sacred space. They keep showing their hands, but keep hiding their face. If I'm a messenger, you block me, then you block the message. So aggressive, the world you made is what you're left with. Pride and ego over love and truth is fuck up reckless. Y'all niggas got a death wish. The stupid leaves me breathless. I mean, it's always good to hear from Lauren, man. Fucking legend. Two legends on one song, man. What else could you ask for? You know what I mean? But also, I guess, just speaking of Nas, Mass Appeal. Next up, we got his artist, Dave Schuert. And one of my favorite producers, Harry Motherfucking Fraud. You heard? 
This is the intro track. Actually, no, we'll play. I think this one was the single that they were rolling with. This song's called Diamonds off their new. It's a joint project. So that's why I say their new project. Uh, I like it when people do this too. Uh, artist locks in with a producer and they just knock out a whole project together. So this is Dave East and Harry Fraud. The project's called Hoffa. And this is the first single, Diamonds. That's all I do. The music of the Harry Fraud. Illegal niggas, but we been legit. That's all I do. You niggas, I never benefit. Bought it by the brick, sold it by the rock. The blueprint on while I'm fucking, got a throwing up the rock. I'm talking diamonds, young nigga pouring wine, knocking for the zinger. Or maybe Donnie Hathaway. Used to wish I could kick it, fuck school, I got a trap today. Ain't care what mama think, I felt like time hangs on castaways. Package landing Wednesday, trying to get it off by Saturday. Even better by Friday. Frank Sinatra, this my way. Do him like the mom, clip him, backing out his driveway. You ain't been nervous till you had narcotics on the highway. I've been an outcast, I grew up like Andre, 3,000 in my pocket. I know they hate on me, but somehow I'm always the top. You talking about shit, I'm always gonna pop it. Designer fits, I'm always gonna rock them. Just trying to make a profit. Niggas hated on my pockets, like when Harden went to Texas. Niggas hated on the Rockets, like when KD went to the Bay. Niggas hated on the Warriors. We chased you in your baby mother belt, and that you calling that. I went to pick up weed, not for the beach. The first time I went to Florida. Your moms don't want that call from the coroner. Stay in order, bro. Stay in order, bro. That's all I do. Illegal niggas, but we been legit. That's all uh. I do. Both you niggas, I never. They told me life is what you make it. I'm an architect. Cocaine in my mother apartment. I wasn't talking yet. Seen things not enough. I wasn't even walking yet. Praying to the sky, I'm all alone. Like, how could God neglect? I ain't next to be here. I knew a smoker told me that the Hemi's helped to see clear. Lying to herself, she said she kicked the habit each year. I watched her from a beach chair. Nike's on my ten toes, I'm genuine. I had a cousin overdose when Diddy put out Benjamins. Dog food syringes by the benches from the trench. Just trying to get a chain Heard all them stories about how they lynched us Now they trying to hang And all from labels trying to find a gang You can search Google for a year And you'll never find my pain Conversations with my mama Promised her I'm trying to change For with them they not the same Know that everything I lost Now I'm trying to gain I had a plug and started selling weed Cause he was out of cane Like a highway in Cali This rap game got a lot of lanes Blood to hit these streets for years The pavement got a lot of stains They told me live your life before you check out he said, we fraud, it's dope the best sound. We got it. We Some of that old school sample hip hop. You know what I mean? Some of that good shit. But I think that was it for music. But speaking of Dave East, I also saw that Wu-Tang and American Saga, where Dave East plays Method Man, um, is coming back to Hulu on September 8th. So I'm fucking stoked for that, bro. I think they only had the one season out. I did hear that they replaced... Joey Badass was playing Inspector Deck, I believe, in the first season. But I heard they replaced him. But I saw he's also playing some character in the new Power spinoff. I still haven't even seen the second one. But in uh, I think it's Raising Kanan, 50 Cent's character. Joey Badass has some sort of role in that. So, you know what I mean? Shouts to Joey Badass out here. But that was it for music, man. So we're going to move it right along here. Actually, no, that wasn't it for music. Well, new music itself. 
Uh, Rolling Loud was in Miami a couple weeks back. I actually, I went down to Miami to see my boy Shane and his fam. Shouts to them. I don't, I think it's been a while, man. This episode's delayed, but man, fuck it, we out here. But I know I was down there that same weekend in Miami because we had talked about Rolling Loud going on while we were fucking at the skate park and shit, shredding it up. Then they had Rolling Loud looked like it was crazy. You know, I saw a bunch of fucking tweets slandering the people who went saying Delta variant lived at Rolling Loud and shit like that. But hey, man, safety first, man. I also saw that Travis Barker, as always, got to talk about my man's. He did an NPR Tiny Desk concert with Young Thug to help promote Young Thug's new album called Punk, which I thought was cool, you know? Like I said, hip-hop, punk rock, coming from the same sort of like vein of, you know, anti-authority, anarchist fucking music, man. (laughs) I don't know. I thought it was cool, you know, kind of blending genres. But yeah, man, shouts to both of them. You know what I'm saying? Also, I know there was a new Versus, the Locks versus Dip set. I've watched a little bit of it since I got back from the trip, but I haven't been able to watch the whole thing yet. Seems like the general consensus is that the Locks whooped that ass. But, um, yeah, man, shouts to Jada Styles and fucking Sheik Looch, you know what I mean? Like I said, I haven't seen the whole thing yet. I need to check that out, but I think that was it. Nope, once again, it ain't. Static Selecta, man. For those who don't know, Static Selecta on my first project, Turality. Go check that shit out on streaming platforms. Oh, you know what I mean? yeah. But nah, I saw a, a commercial where Static Selecta was basically helping promote Reese's Puff cereal because they had, on the back of the box, it was like, a setup for a MIDI controller almost, and you could use the Reese's Puffs as pieces to set it, uh, you know, at different, whatever you want the beat to be, like old school. I don't even know how to explain it, but fucking, um, then you scan it with your phone, and at whatever pattern you set on the little thing on the back of the box, it'll play the beat. Let me see if I can pull up this video, and hopefully it'll make a little more sense than my dumbass trying to explain it. Just static selecting Reese's Puffs, man. What up, Static Selector, the show off here. About to make some beats on a Reese's Puff Box. Never heard that before. Let's go. I'm going to treat it like an old school 808 drum machine. And we here, man. Let's let's get into it. So back in the day, you, instead of going boom, 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 you would put like one here for the first kick, then one here. All right, so we're going to go. Now, Harley, watch this. You put... Let's do, let's do like a hip hop speed beat. Usually I don't like. No, like B-R-G. <laughs> so that means this is the one that goes. So yeah, man, just dope. Reese's Puffs, embracing hip-hop, fucking beat makers on the back of the box. Definitely a marketing scheme, but shit, I love Reese's Puffs, so we out here. You know I mean? But we're almost at an hour, man. I still got some stuff. You know I gotta hit you with the facts, man. 
K-pop fact session out, eh? <laughs> but I guess given that it's fucking excruciatingly hot, not only here in Florida, but it seems like all over the world, there's wildfires going crazy out in the West, Western portion of the United States, out in Europe and Greece and shit, I've been reading fires are going crazy. And one thing I saw was apparently Dubai is manufacturing its own thunderstorms to counteract this heat and wildfires and shit, which I thought was fucking nuts, right? So I saw this little blurb that said, with temperatures in Dubai regularly surpassing 115 degrees Fahrenheit, the government has decided to take control of the scorching weather. Scientists in the United Arab Emirates are making it rain artificially using electrical charges from drones to manipulate the weather and force rainfall across the desert nation. Or yeah, I guess it's mainly desert, so maybe not fires, but if it's 115 plus all the time, then I don't know. I just thought this was crazy. Meteorological officials released video footage this week showing a downpour over Ras al-Kamah, Kaima, I'm sorry, um, as well as several other regions. The new method of cloud seeding shows promise in helping to mitigate drought conditions worldwide without as many environmental concerns as previous methods involving salt flares. So, I, yeah, I thought that was super interesting. I mean, I know there's a bunch of conspiracy theories that, like, Trump and them were controlling the weather and shit. But apparently they're literally doing this shit out in Dubai. And, um... I don't know. I mean, I guess the biggest potential issue with that would be flooding. But being that it's a desert and stuff, I mean, I don't I don't really know, man. I don't know how that would go out there, but it's I thought it was interesting, man. Something, you know, what I mean, something worth bringing up. But yeah, like I said, I mean, it's scorching other places, so everybody stay safe out there, bro. I mean, drink some fucking water. But speaking of stay safe, I saw an article. I'm no, I know you guys have heard about all these mass mandates being reversed and shit like that. It seems like every day it's changing with COVID-19. This article says new recommendations from federal health officials this week on when vaccinated Americans should don face masks came with a startling bolt of news. People who have had their shots and become infected with the Delta variant of the coronavirus can harbor large amounts of virus just like unvaccinated people. That means they could become spreaders of the disease and should return to wearing masks indoors in certain situations, including when vulnerable people are present. But the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention did not publish the new research. In the text of the updated masking guidance, the agency merely cited CDC COVID-19 response team unpublished data 2021. Uh, what the fuck? They're making a claim that people with Delta who are vaccinated and unvaccinated have similar levels of viral load, but nobody knows what that means, said Greg Gonzalez, an associate professor at Yale School of Public Health. It's meaningless unless we see the data. Um. So yeah, I'm... If they don't have any other facts, I'm going to stop reading this one. I apologize, too. A lot of these articles are fairly dated. Most of this was before I took my trip to Spain, and, you know, I just haven't been keeping up, man. 
I mean, I've been wearing my mask everywhere, which is all I really can do, it sounds like. But until they give us hard, cold, hard facts, we're going to keep it pushing, man. But stay safe out there. Wear your fucking mask. Vaccinate or don't vaccinate. It's up to you. But just be safe. Be smart, man. You know the fucking vibes, but we ain't there yet at the end, man. All right? We'll get there. (laughs) But I guess speaking of medicine and all that kind of shit, I don't know if you guys have been hearing about this opioid lawsuit. Um, let me see what this article says. He states unveiled a historic $26 billion settlement with drug companies to resolve thousands of opioid crisis lawsuits, paving the way for communities across the country to secure a jolt of funding to address an epidemic in painkiller addiction that hasn't abated. The nation's three largest drug distributors, McKesson Corp., Amerisource Bergen Corp. and Cardinal Health Inc., a drug maker, Johnson & Johnson, have been negotiating the deal for more than two years. But Wednesday's announcement signifies an important milestone that could clear the way for money to be received by states as soon as early next year. An opioid crisis that has claimed half a million lives in the U.S. has triggered more than 3,000 lawsuits filed by states, local governments, Native American tribes, hospital groups, and others against players in the pharmaceutical industry. The lawsuits allege drug makers pushed their painkillers for uses far beyond what was medically necessary, and that distributors and pharmacies didn't do enough to halt masses of pills from flowing into communities. The companies pushed back, saying they made and distributed a medically necessary and federally regulated product. But at the same time, the burdens of litigation, like turning over millions of internal documents making employees available for depositions and preparing for complex trials, has sent many of the companies to the negotiating table. The attorneys general from Tennessee, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, New York, Louisiana, Delaware, and Connecticut jointly announced the completed deal Wednesday, which had been rumored earlier this week. The broad terms call for three distributors to pay up to $21 billion collectively over a period of 18 years, and for Johnson & Johnson to contribute $5 billion over nine years. The amounts could decrease if not enough states sign on and the companies can still walk away if they decide the level of participation doesn't buy them the global peace they're seeking to put the lawsuits behind them. Completing the complex deal took thousands of hours of negotiations between private plaintiffs, lawyers representing communities, state attorneys general, and lawyers from the four companies. Frequent in-person meetings gave way to nightly Zoom calls held for months during the pandemic. The final details came together as opioid lawsuits went to trial in three states, putting pressure on both sides. The settlements, if completed, would resolve the opioid lawsuits for these four companies, but several other targets remain. Trials are underway in California and New York against drug makers Teva Pharmaceutical Limited, LTD, Abvi Inc.'s Allergen, and Endo International, PLC. 
National pharmacy chains have also been named in hundreds of suits and are scheduled to go to trial in October. Two other companies that were targets of the suits, including OxyContin maker Purdue Pharma LP, filed for bankruptcy to handle the liability and are negotiating their own settlements with states. So yeah, man, it sounds like not that the opioid crisis is going to come to an end and people won't be addicted to these products anymore, but it at least sounds like they're attempting to hold these companies and just the pharmaceutical industry responsible for killing people, getting people addicted intentionally, you know, to make money. Um, it's, it's nuts, man. I mean, if you haven't heard my song, Medication and the Population Dream, Drugs Rule Everything Around Me, that's more or less what it's about. Not specifically opioid usage, but just how the pharmaceutical industry and hard drugs, you know, fuck up these people's lives. And then they're still sitting there saying, weed's bad for you. And uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's a catch-22, but... Sounds like these fuckers are finally going to pay up. You know what I mean? So get the fuck... Fuck out of here, man. Get that bullshit. Um, but let me see what else do we got over here. I'm going to try to run through this stuff fairly quickly. I did see this interesting story about... Essentially land being given back to the family that it was stolen from in California. Let me see if I can find this real quick. So this article says, a stretch of beachfront land in Southern California that was seized from a black family 97 years ago is set to be returned to their descendants. Black couple Willa and Charles Bruce purchased land on Manhattan Beach in 1912, making them among the first black landowners in the city. But 12 years later, they were forced off their property and it was seized by the city. On Tuesday, the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors voted five to none to return the property to the descendants of Willa and Charles Bruce. The Bruces bought the first of two Ocean View lots for $1,225, a property that could now be worth millions. They built a resort known as Bruce's Beach to serve black residents, making it one of the few beaches black residents could use due to segregation. The Bruce's and their customers were harassed and threatened by their white neighbors, including the KKK, the County Board of Supervisors said in a news release. In 1924, the city of Manhattan Beach used eminent domain to force the couple off their land to turn it into a park. The city seized the property in 1929, however, it remained vacant for decades. Following Tuesday's vote, the Los Angeles County Chief Executive Office will file a report within 60 days with a plan and timeline to return the property to the Bruce family. The Los Angeles County Lifeguard Training Headquarters is currently located on the land. The county will have to address plans for the county to either lease the property from the Bruce family or relocate the lifeguard facility. The council also voted to sponsor Senate Bill 796, which was introduced last week and is necessary to transfer the property. When the property was transferred from the state to the county in 1995, it restricted the county's ability to transfer the property. 
This legislation would lift the restrictions and allow the county to hand over the property to the Bruce family. There's a hearing set for the bill April 27th, so next year. This was an injustice inflicted upon not just Willa and Charles Bruce, but generations of their descendants who almost certainly would have been millionaires if they had been able to keep this property and their successful business. Los Angeles County District 4 Supervisor Janice Hahn said, Hahn's district includes the Manhattan Beach property to be returned to the family. When I realized that the county now had ownership of the Bruce's original property, I felt there was nothing else to do but give the property back to the direct descendants of Willa and Charles Bruce, she added. I hope that other cities, other counties, and other states will see what we're doing here, Han said after the vote, and I hope that they will be inspired to look at their own histories and identify opportunities to begin to repair and make amends for injustices like these. Anthony Bruce is one of the family's last living direct descendants and said his family was robbed by land seizure. It was a wrong against the Bruce family, Anthony Bruce said. I think we would be wealthy Americans still living there in California, Manhattan Beach probably. I want people to take away from this that there is justice and that you have to pursue it and your family can find peace for some of the wrongs that were committed against them in the past, he added. So yeah, man, I thought that was very commendable. You know what I mean? Um, You know, people talk about reparations and things like that. I don't know which would be better to get a physical check, you know, for X amount of dollars or to get this land that essentially will continue to grow in value. Obviously, them stealing it in the first place was fucking wrong and they shouldn't have done that. Then they wouldn't be in this position to begin with. But the fact that the county of Los Angeles decided to give it back to the family that they originally took it from, I mean, it's Slow but sure progress, you know what I mean? Um, this is the first this is the first I'm hearing of a situation like this where a county or city or whatever you want to call it is being proactive and actually, you know, trying to right the wrongs that were done in the past. You can't erase history, but you can try to make it right, do the right thing, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I thought that was super dope. Um Shout out to the Bruces, you know what I mean? Shout out to L.A. County for doing the right fucking thing, man. You know what I mean? But that might have been all that we had. Um, The Olympics, I think, is finally done or winding down now. I, I only watched the skateboarding event pretty much, a little bit of random shit, but given the trip that I was on, I didn't have much time to tune into the Olympics. I did see that Simone Biles voluntarily withdrew from the gymnastics finals due to mental health and then came back and fucking smashed it still. So fucking shouts to her, you know what I mean? You got to do what's right for you, man. She's been breaking her back doing this sport for I don't know how long. She's still young, but still, I mean, if, you know, same thing with Naomi Osaka like we talked about, you got to put your mental health first, man, if, you know. It's not weak of you to bow out of something respectfully or, you know, just say, hey, I need a minute. I need to chill for a second. So shouts to Simone. And...
I think that was all we had, man. I actually had a couple more things, but we're running a little long here, so I'm going to go ahead and save that for next episode. But you know the fucking vibes, B. Stay safe, stay smart, stay sexy, and stay motherfucking tuned. This is episode 54 of the K Podcast. We're going to see you guys motherfucking next time. I'm not even going to play an outro song just because... Fuck out of Trying to get the fuck out But much love to you guys, man. Appreciate you checking in. Once again, hit the email, therealkpodcast at gmail.com. Hit the fucking IG, therealkpodcast. Still haven't made a Twitter. You know what I mean? Shit's crazy right now, man. I'm trying to figure this shit out, man. But we're going to see you for episode 55, man. One, love, peace. Tell your family you love them. Take care of yourself. Do what's right, man. Do the right thing. You know what I mean? Whatever that means. Whatever that means to you. Just fucking do it, B. Damn right. Alright. Peace. The case podcast. Rap. Sayonara. Fuck out. Thanks for don't have to go home, you just can't stay here, I. Right?